Hey, my name's Kyle. I am a part of Pastor Scott's Genesis GC group. And um, I'll let you all sit down just to tell you, would you please stand while I read the word again? If you would, if you got your Bibles or your phone or whatever, Ephesians 5, 25 through 33 says this. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. And in the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. Because we are members of, of his body, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound. And I, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself. And let the wife see that she respects her husband. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning, Refuge Church. Please, please stand with. I'm just kidding. No. Hey, uh, if we haven't met yet, my name is uh, Paul Dacus. I'm one of the pastors here at the Refuge, also the uh, the students' pastor uh, here at the Refuge, and it's an honor to be preaching again uh, from the pulpit here with you uh, this morning. There's a story out of the uh, Midwest of a farmer uh, and his wife uh, after a long day. Uh, farming the land, uh, they go to bed together, and uh, they take a, take a sleep for the night uh, before they wake up and do it all over again. Uh, that night, there's a giant storm that rolls through, uh, tears up the farmland, and it comes to their house, and it rips the roof off of their house. And they're laying in bed, and the, and the, the storm, the tornado just sucks them up uh, into the storm as they're laying in bed together, and the wife starts crying. And the farmer says, there's just no time to cry. She says, I'm sorry. I'm just so happy. She says, what? She says, this is the first time we've been out of the house together in 20 years. <laughs> Husbands, date your wives. So I heard a lot of times this week, Scott's obviously not here. Uh, after you preach a sermon on wives submit to your husbands, I think you do need a two-week uh, vacation. So that's what he's uh, he's doing right now. Just kidding. he's uh, he's having he went to a wedding and then uh, he's doing a um, getting some well-deserved time with his family. So um, I heard multiple times this week. Uh, all right, so we heard from the heard what we're supposed to do as wives. Uh, you're really going to go beat up the husbands now, right? Who's ready for that? I don't think I'm going to beat you up today. Uh, I don't think that that's glorifying to God. I don't think that that's uh, edifying to my brothers as I look around here. Uh, I also don't think it's true to the text, but I do think that you will be convicted, husbands, by this text. I don't think that there's any way that you can read this and not be convicted. But see, this morning we need more than a checklist 
I'm going to give some practical steps, and you probably already noticed this from the text. There's some practical things here. Uh, But if you miss Christ in this text, and you miss his love for us, for all of us, you miss the entire thing. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And one more disclaimer, as I'm preaching this to you, I'm preaching this to myself as a Christian husband. So please don't take any of these things uh, as me just preaching to you. I need, I've been studying this for about a month now, really intensely this last week. And man, God's been working on my heart. Uh, my wife's not here. Larissa's not here. So she can't you know, yell, yell down uh, you know, my, uh, my hypocrisy in, in, uh, in saying some of these things as husband. I'm just kidding. She'd never do that. Um, I actually need to take that. I, I know Larissa's listening, and um, man, I just, I'm so thankful for her. Anybody who knows her, uh, she really makes it easy for me to be a husband, and she really is a Proverbs uh, 31 woman, so I'm thankful for her. And as I look around uh, at the Refuge Church, we have a lot of solid dudes here, so I just, I need you guys to hear this. I'm, I'm preaching this as your brother, uh, and there's some really good things in here that we're going get to uh, get to dive into, so... As I said, this text is for all of us, though, so it's not just for the husbands. Uh, We have some needs this morning. As Paul already said, we are declaring our neediness for God. So for all of us, we need Jesus, and this whole text is about Jesus and his church, Jesus and his bride. Husbands, if you're here, you need this as an example. Thank God that he's given us this word as an example. Wives, this is what you deserve from your husbands. This is what you should be looking for from your husbands in this text. For the single men here, this is what you should aspire to be. If you're looking towards marriage, this is what you should aspire to be. There's some good things in here. And for the single women here, find a man, if you're going into marriage, find a man who has this potential. And I say potential because he's not going to do this perfectly. But we have a father who did it perfectly, who loves us perfectly. And for all of us, again, we need to see how Christ loves us this morning. So if you've heard me preach before, I like to give the main points right up front, uh, so that if you fall asleep the rest of the time, at least you get this. So hopefully all are awake. Are you all awake with me right now? All right, awesome. So here's the main point. For all of us, here we go. For all of us, rest in Christ's love for you, his bride. When you hear bride, when you hear church, that's us. Rest in his love for you, his bride. He sacrificed his life for you, is sanctifying you. We're going to talk about what sanctification means. And made you clean and righteous before the Father. Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. There's so much packed in, so much doctrine, so much good things packed into this scripture. But here's what we're going to be talking about. For those who are note takers, I got you this morning. So here's the main point. So uh, we're going to see a sacrificial love. We're going to see sanctifying love. We're going to see self-love. Not the self-love that you're probably thinking what the world tells you, self-love, but a different kind of self-love. And lastly, we'll see a profound mystery. Sacrificial love, sanctifying love self-love, and a profound mystery. But first, let me ask for God's help this morning. If you bow your heads with me and pray. God, we thank you for your word. Thank you that you give us this word, that we live somewhere where we can freely open up your word. God, speak to, it, speak to us through uh, your word this morning. Thank you for your deep love for us, your bride, your church. 
Thank you for your blood that washes us and makes us clean. Father, I humbly ask that you keep me from error this morning. May these be your words and not mine. May I disappear and may I decrease so that you increase this morning. God, I ask that these words sink deep into the hearts of your people here at the Refuge Church. We love you, we praise you, and we pray all this in your son's name. Amen. So if you aren't already there, uh, we're going to be in Ephesians 5, 25 through 33, if you can turn there uh, with me. As you're doing that, I'd like to give some context behind Ephesians 5. It was kind of talked about last week uh, by Scott, but uh, so Paul, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is writing uh, to the Ephesians. He these, wants these first century husbands uh, who had, they had at the time a higher status than women, and especially their wives at this time. And so he wants them to honor uh, their wives by going, following Jesus' example by going lower and by lifting up their wives, by elevating their lives, by loving and nurturing their wives as their own male body. So at this time, this was unheard of. Uh, men had, uh, they had women to sleep with. They had uh, women for just pleasure. Uh, they had women to cohabitate with. Uh, and then they had their wife. So those are all just like, this is, that was not uncommon at the time. The wife was for legitimate children and for household uh, affairs. That was what it was for. So he's speaking, when you hear that, he's speaking directly to wives, saying wives. So last week, as we, as we looked at wives, remember this book, this book is about lifting wives up to lead out their, uh, their calling to glorify God through submission, through uh, glorifying God through submission to their own husbands. So now in this text, he's going to address the husbands here. So read along with me in Ephesians 5, 25 through 33. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Sorry, I was a little behind there on the slides. Here we go. So in the first one, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. In verse 25, we see this. So, this is the agape love. If you've heard that term before, agape love. So, love in this sense is not what the world tells us uh, today love is. You can love your wife and also uh, love a Topps cheeseburger, right? Not the same love. Sorry, I'm hungry. Uh, you can love, uh, you can love your, uh, your kids and love your wife differently, right? So, the Greek uh, language has different words for love, and this love specifically is the agape love. This is the self-sacrificial love, self-sacrificial love. In this love, 
There is no room for de being demanding, for being bossy, dominating, abusive. This is the giving love, not getting. This is embodied perfectly for us in through the love of Christ. Uh, we see it again in Matthew 20:28. 20, I'll just read it. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So for the husbands, I ask, do you love your wife this way this morning? Do you really love your wife this way, with this kind of love? I think we should ask our wives that regularly. Do you feel this love from me? Now, I talked about this is the agape love. What are the other types of love? I think that these other types of love are assumed in marriage. So he's, he, This isn't the love he's talking about, but there, the other ones are uh, eros, philia. So eros is the passionate infatuation, attraction, the physical love between a man and a woman, a husband and a wife. That's one that should be assumed, at least in the, in the beginning, right? When you marry someone, that's one that's assumed. But this is also not the love that sustains a marriage. I wasn't, I wasn't going to talk about this, but I think, I think this is important. This is something that has helped me tremendously, and we'll talk a little bit more about it. But husbands, uh, your wife is your standard of beauty, Physical beauty, she is your standard of beauty. That means that nobody else compares to your wife. That should always be our mindset. She is your standard of beauty. So if eros is the take, this is something that I enjoy from my wife, and philia is the give and take, philia is the uh, being friends, being equals with your wife. So do you enjoy being with your wife? So that's the, the give and take. Agape is the give. And that's what we're looking at here, this is the most important type of love, the love that Christ gives to us. This agape love is the love that will sustain your marriage. It will enrich your marriage. For the single people here, I'm going to say something that is probably controversial in these days, but there is no such thing as a soulmate. We know that, right? There is no such thing as a soulmate. You know, we, we have this idea now that we need to go look around, find the best person, try this, try that, and then eventually come to uh, find a husband or a wife, right? Uh, I don't think that's biblical. If you look at Adam, imagine this. So Adam, he goes to sleep, wakes up, there's a wife. It's kind of, I think it's kind of funny. I mean, God chose that wife for him, right? Uh, also, when Paul is writing this, uh, arranged marriage was not uncommon, so he's, you know, I have that list of all the different women that men had, but he's talking specifically to his wife, the wife. So they've, that's one that God has chosen for him or for the husband. There's a great story from uh, Martin Luther. I won't go into the full thing, but if you, if you know, uh, he, his wife, um, he called his Katie, uh, she, was, she was not the most attractive person. Uh, she was not even the most pleasant to be around. In fact, she went to Martin Luther and said, uh, you should marry me. I'm paraphrasing. Uh, he didn't want to. Uh, but he did. After, there's a whole other long story, but you know what he said? I mean, this is probably the most romantic thing that anybody's ever said uh, when marrying a wife. Does anybody know what he said, why he did it? He said he, he married her to spite the devil. <laughs> I wish I had put that in my marriage vows. <laughs> He married her to spite the devil because marriage is under attack. It's always under attack, right? Uh, it was then just as it is now. And he did this uh, to spite the devil. So they had this 
pretty much arranged marriage, but that grew into a beautiful friendship and a beautiful marriage. So God worked in that. So again, there's no such thing as a soulmate. Why? Because God gives you somebody to show you or to show them how he loves us, right? We go into, we go into relationships and marriages asking or saying, I love this person because, man, they're beautiful. That's not, not wrong. Or, or, man, I just, I love being with them. They make me feel this certain way or uh, I enjoy talking to them. Well, so this kind of love breaks down. Like, so if, if she's not beautiful to you anymore, if she's in a car crash, if she's, you know, deformed or something, what happens then? Or, or if you don't enjoy being around her, when that goes away, what then? Or when you don't enjoy talking to her, or somebody comes along that you enjoy talking to more than your wife, what then? This agape love covers all of that. This is a give love, a self-sacrificial love. So my practical advice to the single people here, best advice I was ever given, find somebody who loves Jesus, loves you, and then trust God to make it work. And hold on to that. Self-sacrificial love. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. That's what God did for us. That's what Jesus did for us. As we move on to verse 26. So with that in mind, he, uh, he gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word, so that he might present to the, or he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. So this is important. You know, we talked about this, this word sanctify. I think it, it can't be assumed that we all know what this means. So we, we hear it a lot just in the, in the Christianese, uh, as, we, as we call it. Uh, but this, this word has so much depth to it. It says, so the, uh, washing of the water, having cleansed her, that's us, by the washing of the water with the word, so that he might present uh, himself to her in splendor. All this, that he might sanctify her. So to, to sanctify means to set apart and to make holy, or to declare holy. So when we hear this, set apart, so he, Christ, through his redeeming love for us, he sets us apart and makes us holy. Remember that. What a beautiful picture this is. As, as we, as we said, all of us are the body of Christ. And this is what Christ did, making us clean and presenting to himself, not just, not just presenting to himself, but presenting him, to himself the church in splendor. Refuge husbands, are you the spiritual leader? Are you doing this? Are you fostering this for your wife this morning? Is your wife being sanctified by the help of your headship or in spite of your headship? Husbands, is your wife covered in prayer? Actually, I'm guilty as well of not praying enough for my wife. Is your wife covered in prayer? I love how R. Kent Hughes, he puts it this way. If we are not praying for our wives in detail, we are not loving them as Christ loved the church and are, in fact, in sin. We should be praying for their spiritual life, 
their obligations, pressures, friendships, dreams for their salvation daily because that is how Christ prays for us. But Pastor PJ, you don't know uh, my wife. She can be pretty dang unlovable at times. I've heard that. So this is the question I ask you, uh, my brother, is uh, have you ever been unlovable to Christ? Have you ever been unlovable to Christ? And then what does he do in that moment? He loves you, right? He loves us in that moment. See, we, as the bride, will always be the worst bride, or a worse bride to Christ than your bride will ever be to you. But he loves us still in that. It's amazing, amazing news. So if you have one of those wives, or even if you have those moments where it's difficult to love them, what a gift that is. Seriously, because God gives us marriage to show unconditional love. So you get to love her in that moment. You get to show God's love for her through you loving her that way, and vice versa as well with husbands and wives. See, we reflect God to each other when we serve, specifically husbands, when you serve your wife, when you give up your desires, your life for your wife, you show her the love of God. And that's what Jesus does for us, right? He makes the unlovable lovable, and he makes us clean before the Father. So I don't want us to hear this uh, and feel like it's all on you because it's not. Salvation and sanctification, husbands, uh, is solely due to Christ. He's the one who does the work. Nothing you can do will save her, but what we can do is foster this environment for our wives, right? I think a good place to start, how do we do this? Be a man of Colossians 3.16. He's a man in whom the word of God richly dwelled. Be a man in whom the word of God richly dwells. Start there. Point number three, self-love. So this is in uh, verses 28 through 30, or 30, excuse me. So with all of that in mind, in the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself for no one ever hated his own flesh but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church because we are members of his body so Christ and the body one husbands wives one flesh that's that's the picture here he who loves his wife loves himself. It says one flesh. If someone doesn't take care of their own body, if they don't feed it, if they don't nourish it, uh, if you just don't take care of the basic needs, we would say something's wrong with this person, right? What's wrong? What's wrong with you? How, how can I help, right? This is the same way that we should be with our wives. I love how it uses the term cherish, nourish, Nourishes, it has the idea of feeding. Husbands, we need to be feeding our wives with the word. We need to be cherishing them and cherishing this, this, uh, this desire 
that God's putting in their lives, or these, these things that God's putting in their lives to move them closer to him. We can apply the, the golden rule, right, from Leviticus 19, 18, you shall love your wife as yourself. It actually says, uh, well, we'll get there, but Vodibachum says it this way, if you can't obey this command to love your wife, then you should at least love this, this uh, command here in Leviticus to love your neighbor, right? Because your wife, hopefully, is your, is your closest neighbor. Hopefully. And if you can't obey that command, the Bible also says love your enemy. Hopefully, she's not your enemy. But we can't get around this command to love our wives, and we do it this way, as we love ourselves. We work through our own emotions. Men, we say we're not emotional, but we're emotional. Go look at any sports game, you get emotional. Uh, you know, you, you swing a hammer and hit your thumb, you're emotional. Seek to know your wife, seek to know her emotions. Again, I'm preaching this to myself. So Paul, he shakes things up again, right? He's, he's doing this in a time when, when husbands and wives and men and women were at different uh, levels, and he's making this equal. He's saying this self-love, that they are equal with each other. That's our aim. Last point here, and arguably one of the most important. We see a profound mystery. Don't miss this. This is so good. I'm going to get us out of here quickly today, much quicker than Scott. <laughs> and all God's people said... Verse 31, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. All the men said, well, okay. <laughs> this mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. He says this mystery is profound. This is the thing that we all cannot miss. What mystery is he talking about? If you look back in Ephesians 3, uh, 3, 3 introduces it. 3, 6 is where it's talked about. It says, uh, this mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, partake of the same promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. This is Christ and his church what he did for us, this mystery, how profound this mystery. It's primarily about Christ loving his church, giving himself up for his church, making his church spotless, clean before the Father. What great news that is. And then he says, also for you and your wife. So I think that's the main point, is Christ and the church. Also, husbands, this is how you can reflect the gospel to your wife. Because that's what marriage is about. It, marriage is about reflecting this mystery of God, the gospel, by glorifying him, enjoying him. Marriage is about reflecting the mystery of God, glorifying him, and enjoying him. This is what happens. We kind of talked about it a little bit earlier. Uh, when we don't know our Bibles, and we just get influenced by what the culture says marriage should be, we go into it asking for what the person can do for me, right? 
We go into marriage for practical reasons sometimes. But marriage, as we read here, is so much bigger than us. Again, this is talking to all of us. The Bible shows us that marriage is so much bigger than two people just going through life together. Marriage is the most beautiful thing because in itself, even if you're married, unmarried, just the, the, the uh, marriage itself is the most beautiful thing because it reflects and glorifies God himself and what he did for his church. If you're married, if you're listening here, if you're here with us today and you're married and you do nothing else but just love each other in light of Ephesians 5, you're, sh- you're sharing the gospel. Marriage, we've talked about, it's under attack. There's a reason that the enemy came, Adam and Eve, and tried to break that up, right? Marriage is always under attack. Love your wife as Christ loved the church. Wives, submit to your husbands in reverence for Christ. That's, that's what it is there. But also, more than that, know that this is how Christ loves you. If you're not married here, this is, this is where you should rest this morning. Christ so radically loved you that he gave his life for you and he loves you and you are declared clean if you put your trust and faith in him this morning. It ends here. Wives, you're not quite off the hook yet. Uh, I got one more for you. But it ends here with talking. So it says, however, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. If you look uh, at this a little bit deeper, uh, this, this word respect, that's how the ESV puts it, I've heard arguments, which I could see as well, that you can replace uh, respect, and some other translations have, re, uh, have respect replaced with fear, which that's, that's, a, that's a tough word for those who don't uh, know what biblical fear is. Like, man, we just talked about submit, fear, respect, like those, those are harsh words, but biblical fear for, for a wife is, is the same fear that we are supposed to have uh, of God, right? And this is a sense of awe, a sense of, of awe and reverence. This comes, husbands, when we love our wives that way. She can be in awe of us when we love her as Christ loved the church. That's the goal here. It says, to each one of you, uh, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So husbands, as we love our wives, let her see us in awe. Because, again, not because of us, but because of who we're reflecting. We're reflecting Christ through our marriage. Again, this is not conditional as well. It's not, wives, submit to your husbands if he loves you. And husbands, it's not, love your wives if she submits to you. This is a command. This is something that we do because God tells us to do this. And we cannot do it without the power of the Holy Spirit. We cannot do it alone. What I preached on here today, it only scratches the surface of Ephesians 5. And much more than than we can do on a a Sunday morning together. So I I beg you, go back, especially husbands, go back and read Ephesians 5 uh, sometime this week. It's as simple as, hey Siri, remind me to read Ephesians 5 tomorrow morning. I do it. it Oh, sorry. We have our own personal Siri in the back there. And mine, mine just lit up here too, so there you go, technology. All right, so to summarize the main points, to the unmarried and for all of us in the room, know that and rest in Jesus' relentless love for you, that while you are still a sinner, Christ died for you, that he loves you, 
that he is sanctifying you, setting you apart and declaring you holy, not because of what you did, but because of what Jesus did and what he completed. It's done, it's finished. Rest in that. That's why we say rest in that. I'm going to read it one more time. It's just, it's just uh, having, uh, having cleansed her, excuse me, where are we at? Yeah. That he might sanctify her, having cleansed her, us, all of us, by the washing of the water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. That's you, refuge. That's, that's us. That's all of us, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus this morning. Husbands, let's together, and I say that together, I'm saying this with you, and we're going to do something weird. I know we love doing things like that here. Uh, Let's obey this command to love our wives the best that we can, but we're relying on the Spirit to do this. We can't do without Him. Let's, Let's love our wives through sacrificial love. Let us die to ourselves, lifting up our wives. Let us do this through sanctifying love. Let us help our wives grow to be more like Christ, but watch him do the work. Let's do this through self-love. Let us lean into becoming one flesh with our wife. Enjoy being with her, yes. Become one flesh and care about her the same way that you care about yourself. So if you sat through this and are wondering, where's that checklist? Again, I say we can't just have a simple checklist. I've heard this preached before with, with a checklist of things to do with practical steps. I think that's in the text. Hopefully, uh, husbands, you are con- convicted, like I was convicted, am convicted. Um, but here, here's, what, here's what I got for you this morning. So step one, husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. It's easy, right? Step two, go back to step one. <laughs> go back to step one. Love your wife as Christ love the church, and specifically in that, men and women, but go back, go back to this, but specifically for the husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. First of all, realize how much he loves you. Go back and realize how much he loves you. All right, I got a couple more for you. Priorities. So this is something that has helped me. I hope it helps you. I pray it helps you, but this is something that we get wrong in American culture. So our priorities, uh, men, husbands, really all of us, Priorities, number one, you need to be a Christian. Your priority is your walk with Christ. Number one, where's your time going? Where's your treasure going? Where's your talents going? That's where number one. Number two is spouse. Spiritual leader. We, I asked you this earlier. Are you the spiritual leader in your home? This simplifies life. This, this has been tremendously helpful for me, just simplifying. Like I don't know about y'all, but you know, life gets crazy sometimes and kind of lose our way. Go back to this. Take a picture if you like. I saw a couple phones. It's not me. This is, this is biblical. Three, parent. Four, member of your local church here or somewhere that preaches the gospel. Be a member in your local church and missionary. That kind of ties in with all of them. And then fifth is worker. We live in a, in a society that likes to switch this, right? If we just look at our time, we spend a lot of time at work. Well, Yes, you can be and should be a missionary at your work. But I'm talking about your thoughts, your desires, your prayers, your time, your treasure, your talents. This is the priorities that we need to have. And this comes uh, 
uh, not just from, from what I'm saying, but this, you, can, you read this in Matthew 6, 33. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what? All these things will be added to you. I think there's a reason he has us seek first the kingdom of God and all these things, all these other things will be added to you. We have this reverse pyramid. I'm going to put it a different way. Number one, relationship with God. This is where specifically your time and your thoughts should be going. Your relationship with God. Number two, relationship with your spouse. Go back to Ephesians 5. Read this. Three, relationship with your kids. Four, relationship with others. And then five, the relationship to your vocation. And you're doing this unto God. Don't get these twisted. We will. I do. But as I've said to you before, you know, even, even in ministry, I have to check myself, and we all do as elders, we have to check ourselves. Am I, first and foremost, am I going to God first? Right? I can't, I can't preach this if I'm not believing it myself. I, can't, I have to love my wife before I come up here and preach this to you and before we, uh, we do our jobs. All right, I'm going to ask, I said we're going to get a little bit weird. I know we, uh, we don't like to have actions on Sunday mornings. I am one of those people uh, that doesn't like that, uh, like Paul said, you know, uh, getting people to, to speak. But uh, I'm going to ask the Christian husbands uh, something this morning. Uh, so Christian husbands, uh, no matter what has happened in the past, today is a new day. Hopefully you heard me t- this morning. Hopefully you heard the word of God and it stirred something inside of you. But I want you to go back and read Ephesians 5 again. I mentioned this because I so believe it. I cannot scratch the surface of the depths of this. But whether you're doing this well, this marriage thing, or you need a lot of help, uh, I'm about to invite you to stand with me this morning. And this I say specifically for uh, the Christian men here. And I, I know it's, it's odd to call people out, but I want to uh, specifically, if you profess the name of Christ and you're a Christian husband, um, you should have zero hesitation with what we're about to do. Um, so if, if you are a Christian husband, please stand with me this morning. As we read these things together, again, I am standing. I, am, I don't know which camera is looking, but I know Larissa's uh, listening. I'm saying this uh, to you before God as well. Uh, if, you have, if your wife is here with you this morning, I'd also ask that you just hold her hand. Just take her hand, please. As I said, men, today is a new day. His mercies are new every day. I ask you to repeat these things with me. And trust me, these are, these are biblical things that we are about to say. And, as, and wives, as you sit here or as you hear online, uh, actually, if anybody's, I know there's a couple of people driving today, which is even better because I know that hopefully you men are driving next to your wife, so they're the only voice that you hear. So wives, I want you to hear your husbands and what they're about to say. So husbands, repeat after me, because Christ first loved me. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, look at me if you, if you need to, if that makes you more comfortable. Here it is. My wife will be loved by me. My wife will be served by me. My family will be led spiritually 
by me. The Bible will be opened in our home by me. Lord, I need your help to do this every day until I'm with you for eternity. You can be seated. You may kiss your bride as you, as you sit down. <laughs> Sometimes we just need to say it, right? I, I, I need that. I was, I was, when I first heard that, I was not married, and that was, uh, that was just something that we need to say it, we need to believe it, uh, and that's your practical uh, steps today. But brothers, uh, actually, one more time. Stand up one more time. Just, just the men, just the husbands. I want you to hear this loud and clear. I am with you in this. Your pastors are here to help you in marriage. I, I look around at all of you brothers, and I, need, I, I love you all dearly. We have some really strong refuge men here. We have some really strong refuge husbands, but men, we're in this with you, and this is what we're here to do, so if you ever need help. And then look around at the other brothers. That's what they're here for, right? All right, we're done with the Catholic service. You may be seated. <laughs> Wives, this last point I wasn't actually going to bring up, but it was something that actually two women uh, came to me and said, I need to say this. You know, I go around asking, what do you need to hear? What, you know, this is what, the, what a couple of people said that I need to say, and I think it is so, so good. This is why we need to listen to our wives and, our, and the women in the church, because this is so good. They said, wives, you need to let your husbands lead. You need to let them lead. Encourage them. Your husband and or future husband, if, if you're single here, is going to do this imperfectly. But they're doing this for a perfect God. Let them lead. Encourage them in this and watch God work. Christ gave himself up for you, for all of us today. And if you are in Christ, again, we need to rest in that, that while you were still a sinner, Christ died for you and gave up his life for you. So now you can be declared clean in front of the Father. And if you haven't, if you're here this morning and you haven't experienced that, uh, myself and, uh, and Paul will be at the back. Uh, we'd love to talk to you more about that, just what it looks like to follow Christ, or anybody can come back there. But um, I'm going to pray for us, uh, and then we're going to close out here.